0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. God bless you all. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. I don't see your excitement. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. Amen. So God bless you. Uh, we are carrying on with what we started last Sunday. I began to speak about walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is God's great desire for us as His church, His people, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we believe it is the time of great harvest. Because the feast of Pentecost was the feast also of harvest. And the same day, when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon the disciple, more than 3,000 people were won to the kingdom of God in the same day. Remember when they said that 3,000 people were baptized? They were counting only men, not women. But practically women are always many than men. So if we can calculate that women were there, like 4,000 people, and men 3,000, maybe the church began with more than 6,000 people in one day. For one reason, the power of God came that day. The move of the Holy Spirit was there. That's why the harvest was so big. And in the time that we are living now, we still need the same move for us to experience great harvest. And then uh, let me give you the summary quickly what I said last Sunday. The three points that I gave, I I will carry on from uh, from those three points. What happens when the power of God comes on a person? When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, what happens? Amen. Number one, I said that the power of the Holy Spirit brings transformation. It brings transformation. Radical transformation happens in the lives of people only through the Holy Spirit. When the power of God comes on you, you cannot remain the same person. And we have noticed the lives of the disciples of Jesus. They have been under his feet for three years, listening directly from God-made men. He was not a pastor like me, like you. Jesus is God himself. The Bible says that at the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And Jesus was the word made flesh. And can you imagine the word made flesh? Teaching people for three years, but they were not completely transformed. They were receiving directly from God. But when you look at Peter, he was still an angry man. Even in the last minute, he took his knife to cut the ear of someone. You understand? You look at Thomas. Thomas. Even though he was receiving directly from God himself, his incredulity did not go. He was still the same person. The sons of Zebedee, they were wicked people. They told Jesus, call the fire and consume this entire city. Their hearts were not transformed, even though they were receiving directly from Jesus. And Jesus knew the key. He told them, when I go, the Holy Spirit will come. And he said, he will remind you. Everything that I'm teaching, he knew that the word that I'm teaching them will not sink in them until they receive the power. They were hearing the word, but the word was not established in them. But when the Holy Spirit came, he revived the word in them. Transformation took place in their life. So this is what must happen in our life. Receiving the word alone is not enough. You need the power of God to come and touch that word in your heart and the world becomes alive. Hallelujah. So it is the power of God that brings transformation. We, we, we notice that the life of the disciples were transformed. The day of Pentecost, Peter, who denied Jesus a few days ago, even in front of a little girl, say, I don't know him, but the same Peter, when the fire came on him, nothing stopped him from going out. He went out, and he stood boldly he preached the word of God. He, he was able to face the Jews that was running away before. When the fire comes on you, you are transformed. Many believers today, even to pray, just a little prayer, they, they, are, they are so ashamed. They are so, so, so fearful. They can't even open their mouth. Something is lacking. Is the fire. And when you receive it, you are activated. Amen. So we are living in the season we believe that God is going to activate us. There will be transformation. Amen. Amen. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, the second key, uh, uh, they, it activates the sleeping potential within you. There are sleeping potential. There are gifts that are locked in you. It takes the power of God on you for the gift to be activated. Amen. The prophet Isaiah prophesied that the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a child. And when Mary was born, she did not know that she was the one chosen by God even before she was conceived, that she is the one who will give birth. And when the angel came to give her the information, she said, how this can happen? The answer was the Holy Spirit. Say after me, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Will come upon you with power. And then you shall conceive. You understand? It comes on you with power. And that prophecy will be manifest. There are certain prophecies hanging on people that are not manifested. It takes the power of God to come for the activation of the word of God upon your life. And number three, the power of the Holy Spirit will enable you to exercise correctly your dominion as a kingdom citizens. Gives you the ability to prevail. The Bible says that Jesus has made us priests and kings unto the Lord. We are under the the, the priesthood of Melchizedek. Not Aaronic priesthood, but Melchizedek priesthood. Melchizedek was a king and was a priest. We are under that priesthood. So in Jesus, we are kings and priests. And you have to know one thing, that the greatest characteristic of a king is the ability to set degree. A king must set degree. And every believer, every child of God must be able to set degrees. You speak into the atmosphere, things are happening. You can prevail against the forces of darkness, but this cannot happen. The king needs the empowerment. Unless you receive the power you cannot act like a king. You will always act like a slave. You need the power of God to bring you in the level of authority to operate as a king. That's why we need the power. Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he saw Elimas, the magician, trying to pervert the ways of God. He rebuked him with authority. He addressed to him and he said, you are becoming blind. His words was what, what he spoke stood up. Why? Because the Bible said that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. When there is no power, you can speak from now till tomorrow morning. Nothing will happen. Things happen when you speak under the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power, your words are empty words. And demons cannot even obey your words because there is no power. Jesus was working with the power of God and demon were obeying him. Hallelujah. So I, 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 I believe that we need to understand that God has already given us the provision of power. We need to open our shelf and receive it by faith and walk with this power. And today God is going also to empower us. Amen. Last Sunday we, we, we stopped there. And uh, I, I sense the hunger in the heart of many people. that I need also to receive. I need also a touch of God. So God is going to do it today. Amen. When I was praying this morning, something came in my spirit. The picture of Samson came in my spirit. When Samson went to destroy the field of the Philistine, the Bible says that he took foxes, 300, and he put the torch between them. He, he put two, two. He connected the church and he put the torch and he set the torch on fire. And he sent them in the field of the Philistine to go and destroy everything. I have that image when I was praying this morning. And the Spirit of the Lord minister in my heart that this is the same thing that the church needs today. For us to go out and devastate the camp of the enemy, set the captive free, people must be set on fire. When they are not set on fire, they go out, they cannot do anything. But when you are set on fire, you go out, you destroy the works of darkness, you bring light, and people are coming in the camp of God. Hallelujah. They set you on fire, you go at your workplace, the kingdom of God is demonstrated there. You go to the university, there is a change happening there. You are set on fire. They sent you. Go to Zimbabwe. Visit the family there. Something is happening in Zimbabwe. They send you to England. They send you to Cyprus. They send you to United States. Something is happening because you are set on fire. And today I believe that God is going to set all of us on fire. Hallelujah. And when you leave this place, you go out, you are set on fire to destroy the works of darkness And extend the influence of God's kingdom. Say amen to that. Even the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, came with fire. Hallelujah. Let's take point number four. The power of the Holy Spirit will enable you to perform miracles. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, it will enable you to perform miracles. Book of Acts. Chapter 10 verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The Bible says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So he was able to go out and do good to people for one reason. Because God gave him power. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with the power of the Holy Spirit to go and do good to people. He was going everywhere. We must move everywhere. You cannot be one place. We must move. The church must move. Hallelujah. He was able to do good because God gave him power. And he was able to heal those who were oppressed. Amen. Those who were oppressed, those who were controlled by the devil, Jesus was able to set them free. Why? Because he carried the power. And without the power, we are not able to do that. We may have the willingness to see miracle happening. It should not happen because you need power in manifestation for the miracle to take place. Amen? We need power. You may have that conviction. But you, you may have faith that, no, I believe that, but power is very important. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? Power is very important. I understood by experience that my faith... For it to operate very well, I learned three pillars. That if my faith is standing on those three pillars, my faith will work. Amen. The first pillar that your faith must stand on, your faith must be established on the person of Jesus. Number one. Number two, your faith must be established on the finished work of the cross. And number three, your faith must be established on the power of God. If you put those three together, that faith will work. Amen. That's why when Paul came to preach, he said that when I came to you, my preaching was not based on the wisdom of men, but on the demonstration of the power of God. He said, so that your faith may not be based, established on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. He wanted to direct the faith on the power of God. That when your faith is established on the power of God, you have an encounter with the power. You see what the power can do. Nothing can shake you. Hallelujah. Your faith is established. You know Jesus. Your faith is on the person of Jesus. You are established on the work, the finished work of the cross and on the power of God. It's very important. Hallelujah. So we need the power. So on the day of Pentecost... The Holy Spirit came on the disciples in the form of the tongues of fire. Do you have that image? Remember, the tongues on fire. You know, sometimes when I sit, I begin to think to myself, why? On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came on them in the form of fire. But when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit did not come on him. In the form of fire. But the Spirit came like what? Like a dog. Why? Amen. I, I don't have a biblical answer. You understand? But this is my, my thoughts. Yeah? And what I'm giving is not a revelation. It's not a, a theological principle. But it's just me thinking me. It's just me, Pastor Frank. Amen. I it's not, not, not the, the Bible. It's me. So me, when I think myself, I said, Jesus... When he came to Jordan, John looked at him. He said, this is the Lamb of God. That takes away the sin of the world. He did not call him the Son of God. He did not call him Jesus. He called him the Lamb of God. And when, if if you've ever been close to lamb, or see lamb growing, and if you've ever been close to dove, see them growing, you will understand The lamb and the dove have the same character. But the difference is another one walk on the ground, another one fly. But if you see their nature, they have the same nature. They are so soft, humble. You see? The nature of the dove, you find it in the lamb. So Jesus, the dove and the lamb, there was correspondence They were like one. In him, there was no impurity. In him, there was nothing evil. So the spirit of the Lord came in a correspondent way, the way it is. Do you understand? You attract what you are. He attracted the dove. But us, us, human being, Peter, Thomas, there were too much impurity. The dove cannot come on this kind of people. They need fire. To consume, you understand? The work of the flesh, the power of the flesh. Because the day of Pentecost, the fire did not come not only to empower them, but also to purify them. The Bible said that the gold is purified in the fire. So Jesus did not have any evil in him. He was pure. But as human beings, we needed fire. Because the flesh, the old man, was manipulating them. The voice of the flesh was too loud. They needed fire. Amen? So when the fire comes, right this point is number number one that I said here, the fire of the Holy Spirit purifies the hearts. Amen? Purifies the hearts. We need the fire to come on us in order to purify our hearts, to serve the Lord. And every believer Every morning when you pray, you must expect that. That must be uh, your pursuit. You need to expose yourself on the altar of God. The Bible says that our God is the burning fire. You need to have an encounter with the fire every day to sanctify you, to purify you. You know, you know when you, you, the, 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 even the disciples, the day of Pentecost, they receive the power That was Acts chapter 2. But you move a little bit, chapter 4. The same disciple again. They were in the room. They began to pray. After they they were attacked, they began to pray. They say, God, allow your disciple, enable us to preach your words with boldness. Stretch your mighty hand. When they pray, something happened again. That time it was not the fire coming, it was earthquake. There was a shaking in that area. They receive another dose. You understand? But many believers, they always say, I was baptized in the spirit, 1998. So I'm already baptized. You stop there. No. You receive the baptism once, but you receive the infilling every day. You need to receive the fire every day. You need to encounter the power every day. These people were receiving. They asked and God came to baptize them again because they received like a level of boldness. But that day they received another level of boldness to go out. Say, I need more. more. Say again, I need more. more. Hallelujah. The fire came to purify them. And sometimes I wonder, say, why the fire came only on the head, not on the hand? See, me, I like to think too much sometimes. Why the day of Pentecost? The fire could come on the hand but why only the tanks on the head? Why? And then I, head. And something came in my mind. You know when the fire is on your head, you don't see it. You see only the fire on the head of someone else. You understand that? So, me, I stand, I'm Peter. Peter has the fire. And he he look at Thomas. Thomas, I see fire on you. And he said, I see the same thing on you. That is the power of humility coming there, you see. You are able to see the grace, the capacity, the gift in other people. You don't focus on yourself. Because if it comes on your hand, it's like you're I carry power. I'm the bishop. I'm the man of God. You see, and you become too arrogant. You think it is your power, but they call it the power of the Holy Spirit. Not the power of Frank, not the power of Michael, but the power of the Holy Spirit. And God said that you must see first on your brother, not you. Yeah. Because if it's the only one, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, I feel like God is calling me to leave the church. <laughs> you are not giving me platform here. I, need, I think that I've got more to give. You see, proud and arrogant come. We need the fire to maintain us humble. The people who encounter the true fire of God, you see them humble. Humility comes in because something is burning in you. God is purifying your heart. There is no evil agenda. There is no wrong thought inside of you. But if you don't encounter the true fire, your flesh is still speaking inside. Can't you see the way they are looking at you? They don't treat you well. They did not do this. They did not do this. Things are coming in your heart to like poison. We need the true fire of God, to sanctify us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let's read certain things that happened. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 42. You're going to see certain stuff there, I think three or four, that, that happened in the life of people in that church of Jerusalem when the fire came there. You're going to leave that scripture uh, let, let, let read, uh, let, let, then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. So those, that scripture alone is giving us three points, four points, things that happen. When the fire comes on the church, when the fire comes on people, write this point, number two, the fire of the Holy Spirit ignites the passion for the word of God. The fire of the Holy Spirit ignites the passion for the word of God. The passion for the fellowship and passion for prayer. Three things are in that verse. These are the result of the fire. When the fire came on the church, came on the believer, you see three passions there. The Bible said that they continue steadfastly in the apostle doctrine. They had the passion for the word of God to the point that you don't need to invite them to the temple. They were coming there. Fire was burning for them. I need to listen more. I need to hear again. They received the word, they come back again. They received the word, they come back. There was something burning in their heart. I need more of the word. You don't beg them, you don't force them. The fire activated a passion on them. A the passion for the word of God. Number two, you see there, they said that, and the fellowship, The fire of the Holy Spirit ignites the passion for fellowship, the love of the gathering of the saints. You don't feel like I must be distant from my brothers. In the early that church of Jerusalem, they were gathering every each day. It was not like Sunday service; it was all week service, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They said every day. If Pastor Michael said that, okay we are starting something new at Alpha and Omega, everyday service. Ah! <laughs> and he said, I'm waiting for your opinion on Telegrams. Even those who did not download, they would download Telegram to answer. Pastor, you have to check, we have families, we have things, we're studying, we, have, we must also check. Everybody will complain. These people, they, they could not separate from one another something was causing them to be together the fire was on the church the fire provoked the passion for fellowship continually you understand it's in the bible and number three we can jump the breaking of bread she's sharing of the they had the passion to share to eat together but i like and in prayer the fire of the Holy Spirit ignites the passion for prayer. When someone receives the fire, you will see the, same, the first thing this person will begin to pray much. Begin to pray. You, you don't teach him about prayer. The spirit of prayer comes on the person because he received the fire. The fire, even if it's a little, even in Sunday school, when the fire comes on the child, you will see the child praying. You don't understand what is happening. Five years ago, I baptized my, my first child there, there, in this baptismal pool. Five years ago. She was eight years old. And I, I came with some people of my church to baptize. And in my heart, you know you know, when you you the pastor, you are minister to your own child. It's with all your heart, your soul, your body. <laughs> it's, it's your own child. Your love is there. So when I put her in the water with all my heart, the moment I took her out, the electricity came on her. She began to speak in tongues. Baptized. This place, five years ago. And When we went home, midnight, I told my wife, I'm hearing someone praying here. It was midnight. He said, it is Esther praying. She said, huh? She's praying. We went to church. This is the first day. I, I, I just left. I went to sleep. Second day, she was again praying. Third day, I said, uh, come, come. I see the fire is burning, but you're still a child. See, if you carry on, you're going to collapse at school. I want you to pray in the day. But I see, you see, I tried to help her, but, but the fire began in her heart, till today. And they start praying. You see, I did not teach her, no, you need to pray. No, no, no. She, she just encountered the fire, and she began to follow me. And the, the young sister Charisma... One day we were praying at home. We just pray, we sing, we sing, and the power of God felt on her. And suddenly, she put her hand on me, she began to profess her. The fire was so strong on her. And now, all of them, they are like my team of intercession. We pray together. (laughs) We sing together. So I don't struggle. No, No, you must do this. No, I I don't force them. I know that the spirit is working in them. So when you expose people to the fire, they are transformed. You understand that? And something is happening to them. So the early church, they had that fire of fellowship. Fire of prayer is what the devil is killing today in our now church. Amen. Mostly in this time of pandemic. The devil is fighting the fire of God in the life of the believers. People are losing the passion for fellowship. People are losing the the, the fire for prayer. And sometimes when I sit, I begin to think, ah, what is happening? I don't understand. When you go actually to the malls, you go to Canal Walk. You see it's packed. You go to Cavendish. It's full. You go to Waterfront. Full. All the parking is full. People are... You see, the malls are busy. We go to pick and pay. Checkers. is busy. And every shop you enter by the entrance, they put the hand sanitizer. <laughs> and we have much faith to the hand sanitizer from pick and pay. From Checkers. We trust it much. When you enter in pick and pay, you see bread there. Mostly if you enter the, the, the row where they sell soap, Perfumes, the spray for the bathrooms. You know how many people are attaching those bottles? They come, oh I know this one. No, this one. Many hands are touching, but when you come, you don't even hesitate. You buy also, and the shop is open from 8 until maybe 8 p.m. How many people came there? You don't pay attention to that. And No, no, because I sanitize my hand, I'm in. And you feel like you are free, it's fine. Sometimes you go to Woolworth, you go to Foschini, you go to all those shops. Some shop people are not trying clothes. See, they try? Yeah, they try or not. It's not fitting me, and you change. How many hands are touching? We trust that. You see? But we don't trust the end sanitizer from the church. We are like the disciple of Jesus. They saw him resurrecting Lazarus after four days. But they could not believe his own resurrection. So, mm, no, him. <laughs> the guy is gone forever. But there's some miracles happening to his hand. It's the same way what is happening to many believers today. You see? At the church, we apply all the protocols. Distance. We take the temperature. Take your name. And the sanitizer. We put All. The same way that is happening in the malls everywhere. The only difference is, in the mall, no matter the number of people inside, there is no guarantee that when two or three people are walking in the mall, the Lord is with them. There is no guarantee. But in the church, there is a guarantee. Where two or three are gathering, I am with them. So, on top of all the, the, the COVID protocols, the church has extra. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God. But you see, people say, no, I trust them all, more than the church. So from Monday to Saturday, you are busy out. Sunday, I feel like sitting in my blanket and praying from home to prevent myself from any contamination. (laughs) Hallelujah. The devil is killing the fire. And we stand here as a church. I'm not saying this to make you laugh. I'm speaking with authority against that spirit of manipulation that is causing the believers to lose their fire. Hallelujah. It is not time for the church to become called. It is the time for us to demonstrate the word and the life of God, to be that God is on our side. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you see that? In the shop you have much clothes. You see, at certain shops, they do like at the Easter moment. Mr. Price, they do the sales. And you see the line outside. People in the line. They are not afraid. But how can you be afraid of me, your brother? At the church. You put the sanitizer it's not enough. They put the it's not enough. Be careful with the manipulation of the enemy. The church... The church, the early church. The fire of God came upon the church and they had the passion for fellowship. They could fight for fellowship. We want to be together. They had the passion for the word of God and they had the passion for prayer. We need that to be ignited in our life today in our generation. Hallelujah. You need to have that passion in you. And this will happen through the fire of God. Hallelujah. And I believe that God is going to put some dose of fire on you today. Amen. Even those who are not present here, even those who are in Zimbabwe or United States or Cyprus, anybody connected to this family, the same way we are preaching here, the move of God is moving everywhere. Do you believe that? God is moving everywhere. Number three, When the fire of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will feel a strong desire to please God and to serve him. When the fire of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will feel a strong desire to please God and to serve him. Verse 43 speaks about that. 43. 43 says, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Fear came as the result of the fire in the church. Hallelujah. When the fire of God comes upon you, you are transformed. You feel inside of you the desire to please God. The desire to serve him. That you cannot shut your mouth You need to do something to contribute to the advancement of God's kingdom. You feel something burning in you. And these people were ignited on fire. They were living like fear came upon all of them. Every soul. Hallelujah. Fear came upon them as a spirit. (laughs) They did not teach them fear, but fear came upon them. I like that fear. That they don't teach you, but it comes on you. It's a garment on you because of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And let's take the last one for us to have time to pray. Amen. Are you receiving something? The fire of the Holy Spirit destroys the bondage of the enemy. Destroys the bondage. We need to encounter the fire for the bondage to be destroyed. Let's go to the story of Samson, book of Judges 15, verse 12 to 14. 12 to 14. But they said to him, we have come down to arrest you, that you, we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistine. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourself. Verse 14, not 13. So they spoke to him saying, No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into the hand. Into the hand. You see, the Philistine came to claim Samson. We want to kill him. And they wanted to attack Israel because Samson destroyed his field and all the, 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 the harvest. Now they came to, to, to attack Israel. They said, no, don't attack us. We will give you Samson. Deal with him. You understand? So now his own people, his own family came to him. There are many people who are sacrificed by their own people. So they came to him said, okay, we will not kill you ourselves, but we are bringing you in the hand of the devil to deal with you. <laughs> Amen. And then they say, we're going to tie you. we going to put bondage on you. Give you to them. Now, verse... And then... Yes, verse 14. No, go back. Verse 13. 13 but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new robes and brought him up from the rock. Verse 14. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. They were happy. Oh, now the guy that we're looking for is now here. He's already bounded. We need to destroy him. The moment the enemy was celebrating, was ready, Say, I want to kill him, something happened to him. And what happened to him? Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire and his bond broke loose from his hand you see what the fire of god can do the spirit came mightily on samson in the form of fire and the bond on his hand were consumed immediately hallelujah this is what happened and sometimes we are controlled by the bond of addiction you do all your best but you cannot overcome that addiction it is like a yoke over your life you do all your best you go for counseling you read books you listen a lot of preaching you are still slave to that addiction but when the fire comes on you that bondage will be consumed hallelujah There are bondage of anxiety. Some people are slaves in that. The bondage of sterility. The bondage of poverty. Many kind of bondage. The bondage of sickness. that The same sickness is in our family. Everybody is facing the same issue. The same sickness. It is a bondage. It takes the fire for you to be loosed. Premature death. It takes the fire for you to be free from that. Hallelujah. And then you are free to go out and begin to serve the Lord. Many are suffering secretly. They have bondage that they don't share with other people. But you need an encounter with the fire of God for you to become pure, to be set free, and be able to go out there and serve the Lord. Because the Lord is waiting for you. He wants you to rise up. Your time has arrived to go and shine and extend the influence of God's kingdom. But when you lack the fire, you are afraid. You are fearful. The boldness of the spirit comes through the fire. Hallelujah. The gift in you are activated through the fire. And sometimes people are sitting there, you feel God is telling you to do something. You feel the conviction coming in you, but because you lack the fire, you cannot stand up and do it. You, you, are, you are taking long, you are afraid. Must I move? But when the fire comes, even people have the freedom to operate with their gift. They move. If God tells you, stand up, go pray for that sick person. If you don't have the boldness of the spirit, you no know, go. You don't need natural boldness. No. You need the boldness of the spirit. For you to make take you know. stand and let this happen. You need that boldness. And that comes when the fire is on you. When you are drunk with the wine of the spirit. Like the day of Pentecost, they were drunk. You understand? Drunk with the wine of the Spirit. When someone is drunk, even in the natural, when he's drunk, it's difficult to see someone drunk being fearful. When someone is drunk, all the fear is gone. He can face anyone. When someone is drunk, even darkness, he can walk in the darkness. The the, the child can even slap his dad. Who are you? Because he's drunk. When you are drunk, you don't control your step. But the influence of the wine is controlling your step. You go left, you go like this. It is not you, but the influence. And when someone is drunk with the Spirit, it is not him moving. It is the influence of the Spirit. He's telling you, go pray for this person. It is not you. You have the boldness coming because of the wine of the Spirit. You are drunk, but when you lack it, you will keep thinking. The more you think, time is passing, and you keep thinking. Keep thinking. You say, let me pray about that, and you think again, and you keep thinking, and the the year will finish. You keep thinking. You need the wine to be bold enough to take the right decision and move in the direction God wants you to move. Hallelujah. And you are not manipulated. Are you blessed this morning? Can you stand up where you are? And let's pray, because God wants to set you on fire. Amen? He wants to bless you. Let's sing the song of Last Sunday. Hallelujah. He wants to bring something new in your life. And your life will not remain the same. You receive from the Lord by faith and you receive through hunger. I must be hungry. But I need that. My life cannot remain the same. I need this encounter from the Spirit. I need a transformation in my life. I want to carry something from God. That hunger. You understand? And, and, and when someone says, no, I open myself to God. I'm ready, God. Do with me whatever you want to do with me. Send me where you want to send me. And, and I learn by experience. The quick way to attract God's attention on you or on your life is total surrender. The quick way to attract God's attention is when in your heart you say, no, God, I surrender to you. Anything you tell me to do, I'm flexible to do that. When someone surrenders, God's attention is always on you. The quick way, say, God, I open myself. I'm waiting on you, God. Let's sing together this song with our hearts open, hungry for the Spirit of the Lord. And God is going to minister to us. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.